in the loving-kindness meditation, we reflect on the wish that we have to be happy of heart and the wish that we have for all beings, that all beings be happy of heart. Sometimes we use phrases as a way of reflecting and remembering uh, the wish to be happy that we have for ourselves and others. One of the classical phrases is, may I have ease of being, or may I live with ease. This quality of ease of being is a quality of metta, a quality of loving kindness. It's elemental to happiness of heart. It's one of the ways that we can think about uh, what happiness of heart is. We often talk about uh, uh, this notion of happiness of heart, uh, what is it? And of course we have to always find our own way into understanding what it is. Uh, of course that understanding is in the heart, but we use words to help us connect to the heart. Uh, as we often say, we use the head to help us connect to the heart. Truth is in the heart. Uh, and the words can help us connect to that truth that's in the heart. So one of the ways to, for us to understand what happiness of heart is, is this uh, quality of ease, ease of being, peace. Peace, the Buddha said, there's no greater happiness than peace. The peace of mind, peace of heart. As Dharma students, as he said, one of the great determinations is we train for peace. We train for peace. It's a training. Our, our practice is a training, bhavana. Uh, it's a training uh, for peace. Peace of mind, peace of heart, ease of being, happiness of heart. So <clears throat> this training begins in meditation. It begins in meditation. We lay the foundation in meditation. Uh, in meditation and the practice the Buddha uh, prescribed uh, for as a basic practice is the practice of mindfulness of breathing. Uh, in this practice, uh, we cultivate, we practice out of compassion. So we practice out of compassion, out of loving kindness, out of our wish to be happy. Uh, and in the service of that wish, we cultivate uh, ease of being. We cultivate ease of being. We cultivate ease. So uh, we lay the foundation in our meditation practice for developing ease of being, and then we seek to uh, continue to cultivate ease of being in all of our postures uh, as we go through our lives. Sometimes we call this natural meditation, but really what that just means is we're in our natural settings in our lives, if it's our work, our relationships, in our, in our flats, in our uh, in our towns and cities where we live, uh, we seek to, uh, to continue throughout the course of our days to cultivate ease of being, ease of being. Uh, so uh, you know, that's a, a process, that's a process that begins with the breath. Uh, and uh, cultivating the easeful breath and uh, having a, a full body awareness and cultivating
cultivating ease throughout the body. But it also includes discernment. It also includes discernment. Uh, as the Buddha teaches us, there's no concentration without discernment. So if we think about cultivating this quality of ease of being uh, as we go through our days, uh, one way to think about that is you know, there are these two components to it. There's the component of concentration, but also there's the component of discernment. So as we go through the day, uh, uh, when there is an experience of dis-ease, when there's an experience of dis-ease, so we want to, as we go through the day, we want to try to cultivate ease, we want to try to cultivate and stay with the breath and find that easeful breath. This is our practice. And be in the body and have that ease of being uh, when we're in the body, but of course, uh, as we go through the day, we're going to uh, we're going to experience dis-ease. We're going to experience mental dis-ease. We're going to experience uh, uh, the different uh, mental qualities that arise out of karma, and we're going to hold on to those qualities to some extent. If it's anxiety or worry or fear or agitation. When there's dis-ease as we go through the day, we want to uh, be able to find an easeful breath. We want to be able to come to the breath and have the breath as a refuge. So one thing that we can do when there's dis-ease as we go through our day is to come to the breath, is to center ourselves in the breath and find that nice easeful breath that brings the body into a state of ease, regulates the central nervous system. Uh, but we also want, as we go through the course of the day, when there's dis-ease, uh, to not just put the disease aside and focus the attention on the breath. We also want to uh, practice discernment in terms of the dis-ease that we experience. You know, and again, when I'm talking about dis-ease, I'm talking about you know the mental quality of dis-ease, which could be blatant, could be a strong dis-ease that you're feeling, a great agitation or whatever that you're feeling throughout the course of the day. But more often than not, it's more subtle, right? You know, these more subtle movements of dis-ease, of anxiety, of stress, of worry, of dissatisfaction uh, that we experience throughout the course of the day. So. Uh, when we go through the course of the day and there's this ease uh, to be able to center ourselves in the breath and to find a nice easeful breath is extremely uh, beneficial, uh, but we even gain greater benefit as we go through the course of our day if we're able to uh, practice discernment in terms of the disease that may arise as we go throughout the course of our day. So again, the Buddha said, uh, for concentration really to fully develop, for us to be able to fully experience ease, ease of being, uh, there has to be discernment. Uh, and what this means in large part is, of course, you know, we have to bring awareness to the dis-ease. We have to bring awareness to the dis-ease. 
so uh, you know, this is this is you know, our practice of discernment is a practice of bringing awareness to the experience uh, if it's blatant or subtle. So uh, uh, we often have talked about uh, a very simple acronym. Very simple acronym. Uh, its simplicity is denoted by uh, the acronym itself, ABC. Uh, it's a very simple acronym uh, that we learn to apply in practicing discernment of our dis-ease as we go through the course of the day uh, in the service of being able to have an easeful abiding uh, and in the service of being able to have happiness of heart as we go through our days. So this practice of bringing awareness to dis-ease, it's a simple skill, but like many things that are, that are simple, perhaps, uh, it's not so easily uh, uh, developed. It's a skill. So it's a skill that we have to learn to develop. And you know, there's challenges. There's challenges in terms of uh, being able to bring awareness to dis-ease. Uh, first of all, we have to notice that there's disease, right? We have to notice that we're experiencing anxiety or stress, etc. Uh, and of course, when we're involved in those states, the mind is in an agitated state and the mind is not clear and we don't notice. We don't notice. Other times it's subtle and we don't notice. Sometimes things like anxiety, it's very subtle and uh, uh, we're so uh, accustomed to it being there, it's so ingrained that, uh, that uh, you know, we don't even think to take a step back uh, from it. But we have to learn to take a step back and bring awareness to it. And you know, the great challenge, of course, in working with mental qualities in terms of the Buddhist teaching, uh, you know, and really we're talking kind of specifically outside of the formal meditation is to be able to bring awareness to these experiences in real time. You know, this is something I talk about a lot. This is something I talk about a lot, but uh, the real challenge of ABC is, can I be aware of the experience of dis-ease as it's arising, as it's arisen, as it's there in real time, in real time? Discernment only comes by bringing awareness to the experience as it is, as the Buddha says, according to reality. I love that phrase of this, according to reality. So discernment, in terms of what the Buddha means by discernment and what our teachings mean by discernment, is not thinking about an experience, it's not analyzing an experience, it's, it's about understanding an experience by being, bringing your awareness to the experience of anxiety or stress or whatever it is. It's bringing awareness to the experience in real time and letting your innate wisdom understand it. Letting your innate wisdom understand it. We all have this uh, innate wisdom, this capacity to understand, to have transcendent wisdom. This is the wisdom in the heart. You know, this is our practice, is we're learning to be able 
to use, if you will, this innate wisdom that we have. You know, the meditation, the concentration that we're developing in our sitting uh, and throughout the course of the day puts us in a position so that we can use our innate wisdom to understand our experience and find freedom from the ways that we're creating suffering by holding on to these different forms of disease. So the challenge is to see it in real time, right? To bring awareness to it in real time. And of course, what that means is to be able to feel it in the body because experience arises in the body, in this fathom-long body. So the challenge is to be able to feel it in the body. This is one of the reasons why whole body awareness is so important. We're learning to develop that in our meditation, the ability to be aware of the whole body so that we can discern these experiences of dis-ease as they arise in real time. It's a challenge for us when we bring awareness to uh, an experience of dis-ease, if it's anxiety or worry, confusion, could be very subtle, right? Could be very subtle. You know, maybe there's a little confusion about what I'm saying. Maybe there's a lot of confusion about what I'm saying. You know, can I? Can you just bring awareness to confusion? Oh, there's confusion. There's there's disappointment. There's worry. There's stress. Whatever is arising for us. One of the challenges is just to bring awareness to that. Just to bring awareness to that. So uh, the tendency that we often have is to want to analyze it, to want to think about it, to try to fix it, to want to get rid of it, right? Uh, so one of the things that I'll do is I'll just remind myself when I bring awareness to some experience of disease, I'll say to myself in a very simple note, just be aware. Just bring awareness. Just bring awareness. Let my awareness touch into that experience in the body as it's arisen in real time for a few seconds. For a few seconds. You know, this is one of our challenges too. It's sort of like a few seconds. Well, I got to get rid of this. I got to work on it more. I got to like, you know, that's sort of our, you know, our Puritan work ethic. You know, our our assiduousness, you know, as Dharma students, we, you know, all that time we spent in the library, you know, it's like, this is a different kind of wisdom. This is a different kind of wisdom. It's not the kind of wisdom that you're going to develop or increase, you know, through spending more time with the experience. You know? uh, the wisdom is already there. You're just creating conditions and the ability to be able to shine the light of your wisdom on that experience for a few seconds. You know, and usually you just have a few seconds because after a few seconds, then the mind starts to get involved, right? You know, the mind starts to get involved. Uh, so, uh, bringing our awareness to the experience for just a few seconds and then going to the breath, that's B, A, B. So when we bring our awareness to uh, the experience for a few seconds, we change our relationship to the experience, right? This is sort of a basic tenet of mindfulness. You know, we're going from 
oh, I'm anxious, to, oh, there's anxiety, right? I'm confused, what is he saying? To, oh, there's the experience of confusion as I'm feeling it in the body. So we change our relationship to it. I gave a talk on this a few months ago. Uh, we change our relationship to the experience. We separate from the experience to some extent in those few seconds. And in those few seconds, uh, there's freedom from that experience. Maybe it's just for less than a second. There's a moment when there's freedom from the experience. There's that quality of space, and there's freedom from the experience in unhooking from it, if you will, which maybe only lasts for a second or a partial part of a second. Uh, but you know, in that part of a second, there's freedom and there's peace. So we start to learn that, oh, I can separate from this. We start to develop confidence. We develop wisdom, you know, we develop wisdom. And again, this wisdom transcends intellectual wisdom, uh, but in the service of helping us understand what that wisdom includes is when we're able to bring awareness uh, to an experience of dis-ease, we're able to see what it's like when we're able to not hold on. Right? So we begin to understand, oh, that's what it's like when I was involved in that experience of disease, that confusion, that worry, that anxiety. And now I'm seeing for this part of a second, fraction of a second, now I'm seeing what it's like when I don't hold on. Now I'm seeing what it's like when I don't hold on. Oh, this is what it's like when there isn't clinging. This is what it's like. We begin to start to see this wisdom begins to develop uh, that includes seeing that we have the potential to not hold on. We have the potential to not hold on. We see that we don't have to hold on. We begin to understand that these things that we're holding on to don't have to be held on to. The, the fancy term in Buddhism for that is not self. We begin to understand that these experiences that we're holding on to, uh, the experiences of anxiety or worry or stress or confusion, are not self. They're not ours. You know, not self is not a concept. It's not a. Con it's not something. You know, it, it, not self pertains to the nature of your experience, and we are we use that understanding. Vis-a-vis uh, -vis the nature of our experience, we develop that understanding in terms of the nature of our experience in the service of understanding the things that we're clinging to and understanding that they don't have to be clung to. You know, that's, that's essentially what not-self is, but that can only be understood by bringing awareness to your experience. You know, you know I mean, you can understand not-self to some extent intellectually, but it doesn't really mean anything. When you see something isn't yours, then you understand. When you see it and understand it in the heart, then you understand that you don't have to hold on to it. That's liberating. That's liberating. You know? But you have to see that for yourself by bringing your awareness to the experience, shining the light of awareness on the experience of anxiety and stress and dissatisfaction and disappointment uh, and, uh, and letting the heart understand it. So this wisdom that we develop in bringing awareness to the experience happens in a finger snap, right? It happens in a finger snap. It doesn't happen 
through hours of study in the library. You know, it happens in a finger snap. It's less than a finger snap, right? So all you need is a finger snap of awareness to develop that wisdom. Now, of course, if you're looking at something, that feeling of confusion, and, you know, well, I know the teacher said I should just bring awareness to it, but, you know, I don't know, that doesn't seem like, I don't know if that's really going to work. You don't even have a finger snap then. You know, then that is blocking you off from the understanding that's going to set you free. So, you know, there has to be an element of faith here. There has to be an element of faith. And that all I need to do is bring awareness to this experience. All I need to do is bring awareness to this experience. You have to take that little bit of a leap of faith, right? And then, of course, what happens is you start to do that, and you start to see, you know, I'm just bringing my awareness to this experience. You know, when I, once I started really doing this a lot, uh, you know, I really made it the way that I was really uh, practicing discernment. It was like, oh, I don't have to, like, you know, grind away at these mental qualities for hours, you know, and all the time I spent in rumination and, and analysis and, and, and you, know, you know, looking at them and trying to take them apart. It's like, I don't have to do that, you know? I mean, it, everything just started to shift. And it was like, just learning to bring awareness in this way, uh, things started to change in a way that they had never changed before in terms of my relationship to these mental qualities. It's very powerful. And of course, you know, there's years of practice and developing concentration that enable us to have space and enough, uh, enough space so that we can look at things for a finger snap of a moment and allow there to be awareness of it without letting the mind get involved, getting involved, right? So, uh, but we start to see that yeah, this is, in many ways, this is all I really need to do, is just bring awareness to my experience. And we start to see that the, what happens is profound. It's profound. You know, we start to develop this transcendent wisdom, you know, which, is, which is greater than any wisdom that we can attain by thinking about our experience. But you have to learn to bring awareness to your experience. You know, one thing is, you know, it's not enough to know that you have anxiety or stress or fear or worry or dissatisfaction. You know, it's not enough to know that those mental qualities are qualities that you experience. You have to look at those qualities, you know, with discernment. You have to be aware and bring awareness to those qualities and let the heart understand those qualities. It's not enough to know, oh yeah, you know, I have a lot of anxiety, you know. It's not enough to know that. You have to bring awareness to those things. That's how you develop freedom. That's how you develop wisdom. That's how you develop understanding. That's how you learn to unhook from those things, is by bringing your awareness to them. You know, in many ways, it speaks to the greatest challenge, right? You know, the greatest challenge in terms of things like even the subtlest dis-ease, the subtlest confusion, the subtlest anxiety, is we don't really want to look at them in real time. We'd rather think about them and talk about them, but 
We don't want to look at it because it's painful, even if it's a subtle pain. You know, our tendency vis-a-vis -vis our suffering, our dukkha, our affliction, our agitation, even the most subtle thing, is not to want to confront it. And when you're bringing awareness to your experience, you're confronting your experience. I mean, confronting sounds like a hard word, but you're actually bringing your awareness to your experience. You're actually being with it for a finger snap, right? Just a finger snap, just a finger snap. But you're meeting it. You're meeting it. That's the first noble truth. So this wisdom is beyond any wisdom that you can attain by thinking about your experience. Now, thinking about your experience has value. I mean, I don't want to say that it doesn't have value. You know? It doesn't. I don't want to say that. It has value up to a certain point. Analysis has value up to a certain point. It's generally not the domain of the Dharma. Uh, but it has value up to a certain point. You know? uh, but we're looking in practicing the Dharma and following the Buddha's instructions, we're looking to a deeper, more transcendent wisdom, a liberating wisdom. A wisdom that's greater than thinking about the experience or analyzing it. It's understanding it in the heart. Understanding it in the heart. Ultimately, our practice is understanding things in the heart. But that's not so, you know, that doesn't have to be something that seems so out of our reach. You know, we all have the capacity to bring awareness. Everybody here has the capacity to bring awareness to your experience. Everybody here has, has awareness, has the quality of awareness that you can bring to your experience. We just have to use it. You know, this is your superpower. You know, this is your superpower. My job is to help you, you know, help you understand what your superpowers are and that you have them and help you begin to, to start to use them so that you can find freedom, so that you can be happy of heart, so that you can have ease of being, so that you can have peace. So we bring our awareness. I mean, all of that, 20 minutes of me talking, you know, it's just all on the surface of encouraging you just to practice bringing awareness to your experience. Now again, your capacity to do any of these things is going to be dependent on your ability to have some centeredness, some space, some equanimity as you go through your days. That's developed in the meditation and concentration and by maintaining the breath as you go throughout your days. Uh, so we bring awareness, A, to our experience for a few moments, so there's confusion. There's anxiety to the breath. You know, the breath helps you uh, maintain space and maintain ease of being. And you can feel that nice, easeful breath and cultivate that quality of ease, and it brings ease to the body. But you know, the breath is a resting place for the mind. The mind needs a place to be. It needs a home. So once you bring awareness to your, you only have a few seconds or less than a second to bring awareness to an experience, the mind needs a place to rest. And this is one of the problems that we have is that you know, maybe you try to be mindful of something, but then the mind is, doesn't have a place to go, doesn't have a place to be. So, you know, this is why the B is so important. A, B, rest the mind on the breath. The mind needs a good home. That's the home for the mind. Once you go to the breath, 
then there's an opportunity to look into the heart. So if there's a little bit of breath, a little bit of space, excuse me, if we're with a breath and there's a little bit of space and there's been a little bit of unhooking from the dis-ease, you know, we can look into the heart. I like to think about it as looking into the heart. Just looking into the heart and what's in the heart. Oh, there's compassion. There's compassion. So you don't make compassion. Compassion is already in the heart. If you can get a little bit, if you can see your dis-ease and get a little bit of space from it and find a vantage point from which to look into the heart, which is the breath, the breath gives you that little bit of vantage point, so it helps you have that little bit of space and you can look into the heart and you look into the heart and it's like, oh, there's compassion. There's compassion. You don't have to do anything. I mean, what you have to do is create conditions so that you're able to look into the heart. So you go to the breath, and from there, you can look into the heart. You don't have to do anything. Compassion is right there. 